Welcome to episode three of A Little Ray of Sunshine, inspiring stories from everyday people. I'd like to welcome my guest with us today, Lane Knighting. Lane and I have been friends for a lot of years, mm-hmm. and uh, I just appreciate you, Lane, being able to be here today and, and to be part of my podcast, so thank you. Uh, you're here from uh, Mesa, Arizona. So, Lane, I'm, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Sure. I teach at Arizona State University. I teach leadership and communication, and I, I'm married. We have eight kids. We have three grandkids. We've got two kids out on missions right now. And the thing that fuels me is adventure. Like that is who I am to the core. And, uh, and I think it happened, Grover, interestingly enough. You know, my parents had this series of books from light green all the way to deep blue. And I learned later it was to graduate to different levels of reading. And I would immerse myself in these old folk tales of India and South America and Africa and Europe. And I grew up thirsting for, for those kinds of adventures, for those stories. And the thing is, a little hayseed from Idaho, they don't get those kind of stories. That was the story in my head. So I lived into that story until finally it broke loose. But that's once it broke loose, man, it just unleashed. There's no stopping Lane Nighting at that point, was there? Yeah, not that it's no stopping me, but there's no stopping the the dream. Okay. Well, so you talk about adventure, and now you you know you mentioned the dream. Let's combine those two, adventure and your dreams, and and talk a little bit about where that's taken you in your life. Yeah. Uh, I had a dream of cycling across America. It was impossible in my mind when you're married with seven kids at the time, you are living paycheck to paycheck. How do you do that? You got a mortgage, you got a job. How do you do that? And so the script is you either wait for retirement or you don't do it or you put it into that black hole of someday, which is code word for never. Um, or you figure it out. And faced with a, an internal deadline, we figured it out. And that journey from Washington to Maine, as a family, me on a bike and my family in an old motorhome rumbling along, blew my mind. Blew my mind about how good people are, how kind people are, how the universe works to help us. And... It was tougher and more exhilarating than anything I'd imagined. Okay, and you had your family with you Mm -hmm. through the whole experience? Through everything but the last two weeks. Okay. And so what was that like, knowing that you were pedaling your bike, doing the best you could, and your family was encouraging you, I'm assuming, uh, as you were moving along? Yeah, it was more like they were having their adventure, and I was having mine. I would leave seven o'clock in the morning, they'd meet up about midday, pass me, we'd stop and eat. They'd go on ahead. I'd meet up to them with them at about six, seven o'clock. We'd eat together, talk about the day, show photographs, and then start again the next day. Sounds like a grand adventure, if you ask me. I would encourage any, anyone with the least little bit of adventurous spirit, uh-huh. go do that. Oh. It's It's astounding how how the heavens work. I mean, we went to church every week. 
and we got invited to people's homes. People took us out to dinner. People took us in for, you know, a couple of days at a time. Right. People who were not of our faith, just good people all over. And the last two weeks, when I went alone and they had to get kids back to school, every single night I was in somebody's house or somebody's yard. Isn't that, that just kind of boosts your spirit of humanity, doesn't it? it yeah, I like the way you put it. Well, and, and having had a chance to talk with you about some of the adventures you've had, this was this the uh, catalyst for you that created more adventures for you? Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about those adventures. They're fascinating. Yeah. So in a daring move, financially it was not our wisest move, but it was what I felt compelled to do. So I left the university... And the first thing that I was going to do on this quest to cycle every country in the world was to do a solo trek from Lisbon, Portugal to Rome, Italy and get eight countries. And I had, Grover, I had all these romantic notions about these old folk tales, about the peasant who slept by the roadside heather, heading out to seek his fortune. And I lived in that sort of rose-colored, dreamlike reality for about two weeks. I had a couple of frightening experiences, but what I found, Grover, is that it's like every single time on that journey, I would get stretched like a rubber band, stretched nearly to the breaking point. Physically and emotionally. Like emotionally, spiritually, physically, and then... So sometimes not all of those at once, like maybe physical and then maybe emotional and spiritual. Anyway, almost like it was going to snap and then it would let up. I'd bounce back into shape and a miracle would drop in my lap. What kind of miracles? Um, so I'll tell you one. I was in southern Spain and I knew that there was this Roman bridge that I wanted to go see in a place called the Ronda. And I hadn't looked at any elevation charts. All I did was look at a map. I figured Spain was pretty flat. Ha! <laughs> Somebody later said, if you can get through Spain, you can get through France on one leg. It's, uh, it's just mountainous. And other people kind of warned me and said, ah, you're going to Ronda with a bike carrying gear? Oh, good luck. So I remember this beautiful day. I headed out up this road and at first it was just glorious, slight ascent and then it got tough and then it got tougher and then it got brutal because I was going curve after curve slowly crawling up the mountain and it never ended. Like normally you get a reprieve of some kind, you get a descent and this had nothing. I just kept going and going and going. And while I was going, the head trash started to go haywire. And it said, Lane, you are a despicable husband. You're a terrible dad because you could be with your kids right now doing homework, throwing a ball, but instead, no, you're here. And your wife is left taking care of all the kids. And you're thousands of miles away. Yeah. All of that going on. Okay. 
Yeah, have you ever had trash, head trash like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've had head trash before. And uh, if we're not careful, it can really mess with us. It can. Yeah. So how did it mess with you? So it messed bad with me. I had committed to do this two-month trek, already had tickets, but I decided that was stupid. I am done. I am going to leave. I'll just cut my losses, fly out of Madrid, get a flight, and I'm done. But something interesting happened. And here's something that I discovered about the way the universe works. There are oftentimes pieces of the chess game set in place well before the final stroke. And one of them was I contacted a guy up in Ronda as part of this cycling network. And I saw a picture of him and his wife and his two boys. And he just seemed really good. I felt drawn to him. And so I'd asked if I could stay there with him. And he waited like a day or so to get back to me. And then he said, yeah, absolutely, yes, we'd love to have you. So I knew that I was going to stay with him. But on the way up to Ronda, all that head trash just kept bouncing back and forth, bruising me and battering me until I made the decision I'd be done. And then I arrived. And Danny Galvez is one of the best human beings on this planet that you will ever meet. When I got there, he looked at me with a big grin and asked all kinds of questions about my bike and my gear and what I was doing. And then he said, hey, are you scared of heights? <laughs> Sounds like kind of a random question, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. But he could tell that I was deflated. And he wanted to give me a jolt of excitement. And so he took me out and we harnessed up and we climbed up this cliff uh, attached to a cable. And they had a wire, a wire ladder. And we just climbed up it and had this stunning view of this massive Roman bridge. And when we got back, he said, look, Lane, you don't have to leave tomorrow. Like, you can stay an extra day, stay two, three, if you want. doesn't matter. Stay as long as you need, and we'll help you out with whatever you need. Total stranger. Well, he was half of the equation that saved me. The other half was I called my wife, said, I'm done, I'm coming home. And she said, no, you're not. I'm like, what? What do you mean? I'm, I thought you wanted me home. She said, no, Lane, you committed to doing this. I know you. If you don't finish this, you will never forgive yourself. I'm okay if you never do another one, but you've got to finish this one. So having her support, whole, wholehearted, 100% support, and then having an angel like Danny Galvez in his family, like that completely changed everything around. Now, Grover, part of what I didn't mention earlier is that he changed the way I move in the world because he told me that just about every week they had a new stranger in their home from somewhere in the world. That they just took in cycling? Cycling or couch surfing uh -huh. that they would have in because he said, I want my kids to do two things. 
I want them to be exposed to all sorts of new ideas and ways of moving in the world. And I want them to grow up thinking having people in their home is normal. And what a lesson that teaches his children. And, and I think the lessons, I think of teaching them the lesson of acceptance, mm -hmm. of showing compassion. Mm -hmm. there's, there's so many more. So many about inclusion, about mm -hmm. getting out of narrow mindsets, yes. about not judging people for how they live. Right. And you mentioned a minute ago when you showed up, he could sense that you looked deflated, I think was the word you used. Mm -hmm. He looked deflated. And when I think about that, what do we, when we have that feeling of being deflated, what do we need most? Yeah, we need somebody to include us. Yes. I think, what, what do you think, like what comes to mind with you? Well, if, when I'm feeling deflated, I need somebody to listen to me. Somebody to just take some time and talk to me. Help understand and maybe help get that head trash you talk about out of my head. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like Danny was that person for you. Oh, an angel. Yeah. Later he joined us on a trek through Iceland. But the way he's changed is that we decided after that, anybody comes across, we're taking him in. And so we've had people from Russia, from France, from Mexico, from England, from various parts of the United States, where we're lucky enough that we live two miles off the path of the southern tier official route that goes between San Diego and Florida. And so you're paying it forward, is what it sounds like. I, I'm paying it back. I'm paying it back. I like that. Yeah. I've had so many kindnesses. But what's great is that I took Danny's lesson, and now our kids, I don't know if they're going to do it, but they've been exposed to new people, and some have been, like, wildly different. We had one group that had covered in tattoos and piercings, and they stayed with us. Uh, two of the guys were from France. The other three were from Detroit. And the two guys from France said, you know, I, we come over and we start in Florida and, and, and people stop us and they try to give us money. And we go, no, I am not a beggar. I, I'm not. And, and, but people keep stopping. And so finally, by the time we got to Alabama, we realized this is what you do. And so we just said, thank you, and we took it. Isn't that interesting? Life stories along the way. Yeah. That, uh, from people from all walks of life that you come across. Mm -hmm. And they bless you. And tell me if I'm wrong here. It could be off base. They bless you just as much as you bless them many times. Oh, I think more. So as you met Danny, talk a little bit more about what happened after you left him and continued with your trek. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Grover. It was just amazing. There was a different mindset. He created for me this idea that where you're going is magical and you will just love it. Love the open road. You love the sights. And his infectious enthusiasm was this massive injection in me. And it rode with me for the rest of the trek, but there was one other specific moment 
where he came back to help. And that was in France. I was looking at two different ways to get to my destination. And one way was kind of flat and down, and the other one was a climb. It was a monster. And I posted online about, uh, I've got these two choices, of course. Which one should you do? I think I'm going to go the easy one. Danny hopped on. He goes, oh, you, you have to take the marvelous adventure, the one that will give you the best story. And so, of course, I went up, saw the Grand Canyon of France. It's one of the most stunning beauties that I'd seen on that trek. And it gave a feeling of satisfaction, exhilaration, and story that I would have missed had I not had my friend encouraging. I see a life lesson there. Let me tell you what I hear. Sometimes the hardest route gives you the best view. And in life, we have a lot of hard things happen to us. But as we progress through them, we go up the hill, so mm -hmm. to speak, as you did. Mm -hmm. It's worth it. It's all worth it in the end. Mm -hmm. And what would happen if you had taken the easy route, you would have missed out. And he knew that. Yeah. So he stepped in and helped you. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I love what you said. We have something that's almost identical to what you just magically poured out. And that is the best views come to those that earn them. If you hop into a car and climb a mountain, you get out and yeah, it's pretty, it's nice. But when you've sweat your way up the mountain, then you stop and look at it. It's not just that one view that you revel in. It's all the sweat and the every bend and curve in the road that took you up there. And then it's, I've been saying magic a lot, but it really is this wondrous quality that strips away a lot of the barriers that we have around us and help us be vulnerable to not just see it, but take it in. And that requires an element of risk-taking along the way. Mm -hmm. And I understand people's viewpoints that it's just too risky, and I don't know if, the, if my benefit is worth the cost of doing it. But I feel like sometimes we have to take that risk in order to achieve what we're meant here to achieve and to obtain in life. Amen. What did they say from God's mouth to yours? There you go. And for whatever it's worth, I, I, I certainly, as I'm sitting here with you right now, I, I certainly feel the excitement and the exuberance coming from you as you relive almost those experiences that you had. And it's not just the scenery that's going to stick with you. That, that's fine. But I feel like people in your life will stick with you a whole lot longer. Undoubtedly. You're lifelong friends with Danny, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 And you learned lessons from him. Yeah. So, Lane, how's this made you a better dad and a better husband? Tell you what it's done is it's made me more open. I was pretty stubborn. I still am in some ways, but a lot more open. And I love what you said about listening. Enough great mentors have listened, especially at times when I needed it. Mm -hmm to create more of an openness with my kids, more definitely far more supportive Gaylene and her desires and dreams than I had. And I was interviewing one of my clients and I love the way he put it. 
He said, it's made me a better human being because I realized the narrow, rigid ways that I was thinking. <laughs> and it's helped me expand those and to embrace people where they are instead of expecting them to reach my state or oh, a different I, state. I like that because that's, that's almost would be selfish if we expected them to be where we're at at all times. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. But in your situation, you've got me intrigued here. You've really got me intrigued because now you mentioned clients. You take people on these trips with you now? Yeah. What's that like? Yeah, I take, uh, I take executives and business owners out on an immersive awakening adventure. And we will go for 7 to 11 days. Uh, like In three weeks, I'm actually leaving, taking a group. One guy's from Rexburg. And we're going to Greece, starting Greece. And we're going to cycle through Greece, Macedonia, and Albania. And how long will that take you? The actual biking is seven days. We're going to experience a little bit of Greece beforehand. So it's going to be about uh, a week and a half or two that we're over there together before, you know, from, from departure to return. That sounds like a wonderful trip. So as far yeah. as as far as your, and I know we'll wrap this up here, but I, I I'm just curious to know, through all of this, um, how has that changed you personally? Through it all, it's. Do you want the quick answer? I want the I want the answer that Lane has on his tip of his tongue right now. It has unfolded spectacular stories, about the goodness of humanity and about the kindness and generosity of the heavens. How have I changed? Probably my deepest change is the belief that things can happen. Whereas I told you, Hayseed from Idaho, they don't go travel the world. And you don't need millions of dollars to travel the world. You do need an openness and a vulnerability. And when you get that, you get the richest stories, the most fantastic friends. And am I wealthy as far as some measures? No. In others, oh my gosh. I'm one of the wealthiest people on the planet from the accruing of experiences and stories that are laced into the legacy. So if somebody comes to you and says, I have this dream, but I'm too afraid, what would you say to them? First of all, you got to know with precision what it is you want. Nephi talks about that. The angel asked him two questions. Do you know what you desire? And then two, do you believe it? Once you know that, there are two steps. The very next steps are you've got to set an ironclad date. If you don't do that, then it just keeps going into the river of never. The second thing, you've got to tell people. Because other people have resources and viewpoints that you lack. And without them, you would not be able to do what you want to do. Or you'd have already done it. I'm currently chasing a dream. And you've been part of it today. And I, I really believe that 
people who take the time to listen to this will be motivated by the words that you've spoken and perhaps decide today that they're going to take that leap and they're going to chase their dreams and uh, receive some of the same fulfillment that I've heard you talk about. Lane, you're awesome. I love what you're doing, Grover. Thanks so much for letting me be a part of it. Well, I, I need to be thanking you because my listeners are here to listen to your stories. Mm. And, uh, and you'll see. It's, a, it's an amazing adventure once they start to realize that they have a lot to offer. Mm-hmm. How else are we going to find that out if we don't take the time to talk? Oh, we absolutely need that. Yeah. Thanks for sparking it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Love you. Love you too. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of A Little Ray of Sunshine. And until next time, remember to speak up, speak out, and speak often. Bye-bye.